Well, we are continuing our series called He Is, which is based actually off of that song. If you're here for the first week of the series, I was telling you that Laura and I were in Florida, uh, which seems like years ago, but it was only a month ago. But everything was so different then, like nothing, there was no shutting down. Or We went to the beach. It, uh, but we went to church on a Sunday, and they sang that song. And right in the middle of that song, God just began to speak to me about who he is, that he is for me, he is, he is, uh, he is with me, uh, all, all of these, he is surrounding me, he is helping me. Uh, and so we're going to be looking at all these different things that God is, because right now, Fear is. Fear is rampant, and, and panic and doubt and discouragement is rampant. And when we feel discouragement and doubt and, and go through struggles, what we have to do is come back to center ourselves and remember that, oh yeah, He is. And so every week in this series, we have been looking at these different aspects of who God is. And today, I, I want us to look at uh, that He is for you. He is for you. So if you have a Bible, uh, we're going to be in Romans chapter 8. And uh, this is my favorite chapter in all of the Bible. I love Romans chapter 8 because it just kind of succinctly tells what it means to follow Jesus and what it means to be a follower of Jesus. What is salvation? Why, why did Jesus die? How can I overcome sin? All of these things are all wrapped up in just one simple chapter of the Bible that the Apostle Paul wrote. Now, I read out of the uh, New Living Translation, and uh, if you don't have a Bible, I would encourage you to download Version, which is a great app, and uh, follow along. I read out of the New Living Translation. So uh, we're going to start in verse 31. So Paul has, has told us all these things about following Christ and the Holy Spirit and what it means and, and the death and the resurrection of Jesus. And then he says this in verse 31. He said, what shall we say about such wonderful things as these? So what he is getting ready to do is kind of summarize all of chapter 8. And he says this, if God is for us, who can ever be against us? God is for us, who can ever be against us? If, if since, since he did not spare even his own son, but he gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else? Who dares accuse us whom God has chosen for his own? No one. For God himself has given us right standing with himself. Who then will condemn us? No one. For Christ Jesus died for us, was raised to life for us, and he's sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand, pleading for us. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Like, does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or, or calamity? I don't even know what the word calamity means, but it sounds bad. It sounds like something my grandma would have said to me. Now, have you been into some calamity? That just sounds like something my, my grandma would say to me. Uh, but are we not all right now experiencing great trouble? Does it mean that he no longer loves us because of what we're going through, whether it's we're persecuted, hungry, destitute, in danger, threatened with death? He says, as, as the scriptures say, for your sake, we are killed every day. We are being slaughtered like sheep. And I, I'm going to talk a little bit about the context of that here in just a moment. He says, no, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And then he says this, I am convinced. going to talk about that. I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither death nor life angels, demons, 
neither our fears for today. Come on, we all have some fears yeah. for today. Like, what is Sunday this day? What are we, what am I going to turn on the news? What, what am I going to hear? What fear is going to be raised? I, you're, if you're like me, I, I'm turning on the news. The first thing I wake up in the morning, the first thing I'm supposed to be doing is getting the word of God. That's what I know I'm supposed to be doing. But I'm like everyone else. I'm just like, uh, what's, uh, what's the news saying? What level should my, should my fear be at right now? Neither are fears for today, nor are our worries about tomorrow or frankly, next month, because that's what we're staring down right now. Next month. We're not, I mean, tomorrow. Let's, let's talk about next month. This is not, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. Talked about that last week. The, the, the gates of hell cannot stand against the church or God's people. Can I get an amen from my team here today? Amen. Says this, no power in the sky above or in earth below, indeed nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. I want to talk to you today about how he is for you. Let's, let's pray. God, as we are spread out all over uh, this city, this state, and, and even as we know around the world, we find ourselves in different places, um, not just geographically, but even in our minds and in our emotional state. Some of us are, are in a good place right now, but many, many of us are not. And we're wondering, are you, are you really for me? Would you speak now through your word? Would you help us, I pray in Jesus' name, amen. So uh, before I start, um, I, so is again, I've said this every week, but it's hard. I want to get up and move around, but they've kind of locked me down because I get the camera set, so I can't get up and move, and I'm used to moving, and I'm also used to a lot of feedback, and so if you're at home, I may ask you for some feedback. I want some feedback, and I'm thankful for my crew here. We have a really small crew. Don't know how much longer we're even going to be able to do this. I don't know. Easter Sunday might be from my house. I, I don't know how it's going to be, but come on, crew, let them know, let them know you're here. So I'm thankful for the crew. Whether you are at home in your car at work right now, which most, uh, just about nobody's at work, but there are a few that have to be doing the essential work. And like we are, we're, we're all kind of working right now. We're, we're all adjusting to this new normal, this, this idea of sheltering in place, of having to kind of adjust to, to living at home. And, and it is, is not easy. Uh, for most people, it's been really easy for me. And now, now, before you turn off your device or shut off your TV, let me let me let me explain that. Um, Laura and I, we don't have any kids. Our kids have graduated and they are gone. And I know many of you parents, you you got kids at home. You've got little ones, but I can tell you, those of you who have parents and your parents that you have parents, we have parents at home. But those of you that are parents of little ones. Like you're, you're going crazy, but I'm telling you, you, you have nothing on those parents of larger ones, like the teenagers right now. If you are a teenager, get off your mom and dad's back. Like you're saying, man, why can't I go see my friends? There's a reason for that. We need you to see. listen to your mom and dad. Okay. You're welcome. But the, the reason though, that, um, life is not difficult for me is because I'm living with three women. Let me, let me, let me, let me, let me explain. Okay. <laughs> if, 
if you're new, you're like, what, what did I just tune into? <laughs> What is it? Who is this? What kind of pastor is this? Maybe we should turn over and listen to Stephen Furtick. I can't go for this right now. <laughs> no, I just, uh, you know, does he have a compound? What kind of pastor is this? Is this some kind of cult? Does he have a bunch of women in white dresses? What's going on? No, no, I don't have any of that. I don't have anybody calling me apostle or prophet. Um, although uh, that's not a bad idea. Uh, I don't have any large tigers, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Had to get that in there. Um, I don't have any barbed wire around my house, although I'm considering it. If, if things get worse, I'm going to be putting up a barbed wire. No, 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 no. The, the reason it is so easy for me is because the three ladies that are living with me are my wife, Laura, her mom, and Aunt Mary. Yes, the legendary Aunt Mary is now staying at my house. Those of you from Core Church, you know what I'm talking about. This lady is a legend in our family for her cooking. She's just insanely amazing. And I got, I got to be honest, I, I feel like I'm, I'm staying right now at an all-inclusive resort. It's like they are just absolutely, well, two of the three are taking care of me. Uh, like I've never, I mean, I have laundry service. I, I The meals that we are eating, oh my goodness. Like look, look at this picture here. This picture is of dinner just the other night. You know what that is? Biscuits and gravy. Aunt Mary's world-famous biscuits. It's been like that every single night. I, I, I think by the time we are released back into the wild, I'll probably weigh over 300 pounds, but it is well worth it. But the, the truth is, is that um, as fun as all that sounds, this is not fun for any of us. Uh, it's good to laugh. I mean, it's just good to laugh, but it's not fun. Um, it, is a, it is a real struggle, and what we are facing is, is very, very real. Uh, people are, are suffering. All week long, I've been on the phone talking to um, small business owners who've had to sh close down their business, which means that people are now unemployed. I was on a conference call with the, the governor. They're having uh, I think they have an average of 8,000 unemployment requests a week, and now they're having, 20, uh, I think it's 20,000, 20,000 unemployment requests a day, a day right now. Uh, some of you are facing incredible financial hardship. Uh, uh, man, if you're a student, it's giving you a hard time, but man, if you're graduating, graduating college or you're graduating high school, it's, it's been taken from you, and you're not going to have that, and, and man, that... That is, is tough. And, and then that's, I, I mean, you mentioned the virus and how the virus is affecting. And I just heard this week of uh, someone that I know that they have a family member that is in the, is in the emergency room fighting for their life in, in the ICU unit, fighting for their life. This is, this, is, this is very real and it's very, very difficult. And so when we read Paul's words here in Romans 8.31, he says, God is for us. If God is for us, who, who can ever be against us? Now, this is a great scripture when you're not in crisis. <laughs> I mean, you're just like, yeah, if God is for us, who can ever be against us? Except for right now. Like when you, when you read that now, you're looking around, you're like, really, seriously, Paul? Like where, where would you like me to start? But Paul says that if God is for us, who could ever be against us? And what happens so many times is a scripture like this can be misused and even, frankly, abused. And saying things like, God, God, you will never suffer. 
you'll never suffer. You're highly favored and blessed. And, and yes, is the favor of God on us? Yes. And, and yes, are we blessed? Of course we are. But we all know that right now, suffering is very, very real. So exactly what does Paul mean by saying that God is for us? I think there are three specific things that I want us to see that God is for and how he is for us. Let's look back at the scripture. Look at, look at verse 34. Paul says, who then can condemn us? Like no one. For Christ Jesus died, say this with me, what? For us. And he was raised to life, what? For us. And he is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand, pleading for us. So the first thing that God is for, and I want you to write this down, is he is for redemption. He is for redemption. The most destructive force in the world is not a virus. The most destructive force in the world is sin and evil. We've all seen the destructive things that sin and evil can do, the injustice in our world, the abuse in our world, the bigotry in our world, the hatred, the, the, the violence, the, the, the greed, on and on and on and on it goes. You know, just, just a few weeks ago, None of us were really taking this virus very seriously. I mean, beaches were packed, restaurants were packed, we were all going to work, but this is all drastically changed. And because it's 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 easy to um, it's easy to take this virus just lightly because you can't see it, you can't tangibly put your hand on it. In fact, it, you can have it, and the, and you know you don't even show the symptoms of having it. And by the time that you recognize it, it's it's just it's too late. I mean, you 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 got it, and it's going to overcome your your body. And I think the same thing is happening with people when it comes to sin. A lot of people have that same same thought that you know, wow. I mean, you, you can't see sin, you can't see it, you can't put your your hand on it, and you and you and I saw I saw a story of this young girl in Nashville, she's 21 years old, and maybe you saw this on the news, and she was going on social media, and she was saying, I don't think I'm going to get it. I'm going to be fine, and so I'm not practicing social distancing, and bam, she got it. She got COVID-19. I think it happens to so many of us. I remember how that happened to me before I found Jesus. Like, you know, I'm good. I'm fine. Nothing's going to happen to me. I mean, it's not that big deal. I'm not really hurting anybody, and that's that's Sin is no different than a virus. It goes undetected. You don't see the symptoms. And by the time you see the symptoms, it's too late. Because it's starting to corrupt your soul and damage your soul and destroy your soul. And before you know it, you're, you're going to, to places you never thought you would go. And you're doing things you never thought you would do. And you're hurting people you never thought that you would hurt. This is why Jesus came. This is why he came. He didn't come for good people. He came for broken people. And if that's your story, if that's where you are right now, he came for you. In fact, uh, Matthew tells this little story in, in his gospel that he wrote about, uh, he, he threw this dinner party for Jesus. And uh, Jesus. it says that Jesus was eating with sinners. And it's funny that Matthew says that because at that point, that's what he was. He was a tax collector, and he was not a follower of God, and he included himself in that, in that group of sinners. So Jesus is eating with sinners, and the religious people, the, the, the Pharisees, 
I just can't. What they, what they said was, hey, why is he eating with such scum? That just is crazy to me. I, I cannot believe a religious leader would say that. But man, is that happens even today. There are nut jobs on the internet right now that are speaking this to people that, you know, hey, why should Christians be hanging out with scum? Jesus does not look at you like you are scum. You are his child. Like he loves you. He cares about you. Doesn't matter how low you have gone. You still have value in the eyes of God. In fact, this is what Jesus said when he heard the Pharisees say that. He said this, I have come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners. Our, our, our greatest need is forgiveness. That's what our greatest need. And Jesus didn't come to condemn us. He came to help us to walk in freedom. You know, you know, right now we're, we're, all, um, we're all power walkers, you know, everybody. We're all just, I don't know why, we all think we, everybody suddenly decided, you know what, I'm a power walker, huh? I'm, I'm, I'm going to get this done. And everybody's outside, you know, we're all getting after it. And uh, I'm, I'm guilty. I've been walking more. I'm more sore than I've ever been in places that I, muscles I didn't even know I had because I've never walked so much in all of my life. And all my neighbors are out and, and you're trying to walk around your neighbors. That's awkward, isn't it? You're like, don't get too close, you know, and. This has that awkward uh, feeling. I, I saw one of my, what's funny too is like right now when, when you're going out and walking, is this happening in your neighborhood? Maybe it's you that's the one uh, that you don't really care what you look like. I, I, we just got into this place where we've been in our house for so long. We don't care what we look like. I just got to get out of the house. I, I was, went outside yesterday and uh, one of my neighbors, I won't say who it was, walked by and they had on like shorts from the dollar store. Uh, an old beat up white t-shirt that, that I don't know, they probably had since the 60s, uh, white tube socks and New Balance shoes, and his wife was in a kimono. I mean, I was like, wow. I mean, that's like, you know what? You get a pass where we're all, we're all struggling right now. But when you go outside, it just feels good right now because of the spring time season that we're in. Like when you feel... I don't know how it is for you. I, I just want to go out. I just want to feel the sun. <laughs> it just feels good to get out from that prison that I feel like I'm in and just feel the breeze, like the spring breeze and the smells. And, oh, it feels so good. You know, the enemy, the enemy doesn't want to imprison you in your home as much as you think that. He wants to imprison you in sin. He, he doesn't want you to be free. But, but Jesus, he, he cares. Jesus came to be with you, to, to came to eat with sinners. And the, the enemy says, I want to imprison you, and, and, and I, I don't want you to walk in freedom. I don't want you to feel the warmth and the glow of God's grace. I don't want you to sense and feel the breath of his love and his mercy upon you. So he will do anything he can to keep you imprisoned in your sin. He, he, he will use condemnation. He'll condemn you and, and he'll give you, he'll shame you over your past. Like he, he, man, you think you can rise? You think you can be somebody? You think God wants to let you are scum? The enemy is the one who speaks that over you, not God. Man, you, you think you're going to rise above this? No, you need to think again. Remember what you, remember what you did? Remember who you were? So he'll, he'll try to trap you in your past, but he'll also, he'll also try to trap you in your present sin. Yeah, what you're doing right now, there ain't no way you're going to get out of that. 
okay, you've already tried. <laughs> How's that working for you? You're trapped in it and you're never going to be free. But we have to remember, wait, God is for me. God is for me. He is, he is not against me. In fact, in verse 34, this is what Paul says. Who then will condemn us? No one. No one. Come on, turn to somebody and just remind them. Say, hey, you are loved by God. Wherever you are, turn to somebody right now. You are loved by God. Like Paul, Paul says, hey, does it mean that, that God doesn't love us if, we, if we're going through trouble, if we're, if we're persecuted, if we're hungry, if, if we are experiencing death? Does it mean God doesn't love us? Now, what we have to remember is the context in which Paul wrote this, because sometimes we can think about our current plight, our current circumstances, and not realize that, oh yeah, other people have suffered, and people have suffered for a long time. In fact, many have suffered far worse than anything we're ever going to experience. Paul wrote this in AD 58. What was happening in AD 58 is the Roman Empire was um, ruling over Israel and over many nations at that point. And they were persecuting the Christians. And it was getting really bad. They were imprisoning them. They were beating them. But in less than 10 years, less than 10 years after Paul wrote this letter, in a decade, the persecution would ramp up in a way that has never been known in human history. It's a guy by the name of Nero came into power. And he did just some unspeakable things. He would take the Christians and he would just throw them to the dogs and let the dogs rip them apart for sport. Uh, you're probably familiar with how he, he would light Christians on fire as torches and he'd put them in his garden and he'd have parties with people burning. He would, he would put people on, on crosses. This, so Paul is writing. And, and so in Rome, they would have had these letters and they would have been reading these letters when all of that was happening and they would have looked at Paul's words in verse 37 and Paul says this, despite all these things, despite all of these things, say this with me, come on, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ. Yeah. Overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. Here's, here's the second thing that God is for. I want you to write this down if you've got something to write on. He is for restoration. He is for restoration. You know, right now, um, your confidence in God may be absolutely shaken, and that's understandable. You're, you just feel like everything is against you, and it's hard to, to believe that overwhelming victory is ours through, through Christ. And our confidence, because it just gets shaken. It gets it's shaken by the, the stock market. If you're checking in on the stock market, or maybe by, as I said earlier, a loss of a job, or cutbacks at work, or um, or just financial hardship, or maybe for you, maybe it's a crisis on top of a, a crisis, or school being canceled and now trying to do school online. Or uh, we, I was talking to some people this week about they have family members that are experiencing extreme hardship around the world. Uh, my brother-in-law and sister-in-law are in Guatemala and they're missionaries there and they're on lockdown and, uh, and it's, it's really, really rough for them and it's, it's difficult. But what I've noticed is this, the older you are, 
the more confident you are in a crisis. The older you are, the more confident you are in a crisis. And that's because if you're older, you know this, you've been through some stuff. Like you just experienced some stuff. You, for some of you, you, you went through World War II. I was talking to Laura's mom this week and when I was enjoying one of those glorious meals, um, <laughs> I think it was lasagna. I think we were eating homemade lasagna. Um, I'm suffering, I'm telling you, I'm really suffering. But I was talking to her and she remembers when she was a little girl in World War II and her dad went off to war. And is he, is he gonna come home? And then they had rationing and, and I, I don't even know what this is like, but you could only get, you had to get these little cards and you could get sugar or you could get this other item or this item and people would trade. They would trade gas vouchers and sugar vouchers. Okay, I need, and, and, and you were limited on how much sugar you could have. Women were giving pots and pans for the war effort because they needed metal. And it, it, you, if you've been through that, man, you've been through some difficult things. Man, you fast forward, maybe some, some of you remember the Cuban Missile Crisis. I, I don't remember that, but um, those of you who went through that, you've told me the stories of they did these air raid things where you had to hide under your desk because of the threat of a nuclear bomb going off, and the threat was very, very real. In fact, President Kennedy said, hey, you should build a bomb shelter. Like you have been through some stuff. And many of us, if not most of us, went, we went through 9-11. And how difficult that was, how, how hard that was in our lives. And then um, how many of us remember the snowstorm of 2007? Come on, in Oklahoma, let's bring it home to Oklahoma, man. Snowmageddon. Anybody, I was talking to somebody this morning about Snowmageddon. And where we, I mean, we were locked down. How long was it? Like, uh, I think two and a half years that we were without power. I, it was... That was rough. Do you remember that? Like you couldn't, we, our church actually was one of the only places that had power. We had people sleeping at the church because most people had no power for over two weeks. Generators, food, not having bread, not having, that's it. We all, all remember that. People going to restaurants and plugging in their, their phones and getting kicked out of restaurants because they weren't ordering. Anybody remember how hard that was? Yeah. But here, here's the one thing we remember about 2007. Oh yeah, the, the sun started shining and the ice melted. The sun shined and the ice melted. The enemy, the enemy is out to destroy you, but God wants to restore you. The enemy just wants to destroy you. God says, no, in the midst of all of this destruction, I actually want to restore you. What God says, man, listen, the sun will shine. I, I can guarantee you that the sun is going to shine again. I mean, we are the ice is going to melt on whatever it is you are facing. God is for you. He is for your restoration. Verse 38, Paul says this, I am convinced. I am convinced. Let's say that together. Come on. I am convinced. I am convinced that, that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Here's the third thing I want you to know that God is for. He is for relationship. God is for relationship. Paul here says, I am convinced. 
I'm convinced, hey, I'm convinced God loves me. Now, the thing to remember about Paul is he had an incredibly difficult life. Paul, Paul had a really hard life. And he goes on, he says, I'm convinced that death and life, and angels, demons, fears, worries, the powers of hell, nothing can separate us from God's love. Listen, what, what, are, you, what are you convinced of right now? Maybe you say you're just, I'm, I'm convinced the economy is never going to recover. I, I'm convinced that I'm, I'm, I'm never going to find work again. I'm, I'm convinced that my kids are going to get so far behind that they're going to get held back or, and then they're never going to, to catch up. I'm convinced that I'm never going to get out of debt. I, I, you know, maybe, maybe for you, maybe you're like, I'm just convinced as I see the reports that the virus is closing in, I'm just convinced I'm going to get it. Or maybe it's a crisis on top of a crisis. Maybe, maybe it's that you're convinced that that relationship will never, ever be the same again. That it will never, ever be what it was before. Maybe you're convinced that that dream that you have is gone. It's never going to be resurrected. There's never any hope of that happening in your life. Paul had every reason to be convinced that God was not for him. He was beaten, he was arrested, he was thrown in prison, he was uh, mocked and spit on and laughed at and talked about false accusations on and on, shipwrecked, bitten by a, a venomous snake. And in all of that, he says, oh, I'm convinced nothing can ever separate me from God's love. And here's what happened. Paul didn't let his circumstances dictate his confidence. You can't let your circumstances dictate your confidence. You have to just say, no, despite my circumstances, I am convinced God is for me. I don't care what I see. I don't care what the report says. I don't care what's happening. No, God is for me. Now, I, I know that from the seat I sit in, it looks like many times that, you know, what do I know? I mean, I've what problems have I ever had? God's always answered uh, Pastor Brad's prayers. You know, he's never had a, a problem. He's never had a struggle. I can tell you, um, where, where do you want me to start? Um, it was actually, we were uh, sitting at the table and we were talking about some of our hardship. I was talking with uh, Laura's mom and Aunt Mary about some of those things like World War II and all of those. And, and they reminded me of uh, a crisis and a, a struggle in our lives. And when Laura and I were um, just getting started out in our uh, marriage, I, was, I wasn't in ministry. I was actually in radio. Most of you know that. I was, I was on the radio. I'm going to be on the radio, by the way, right after church today. Can I do a plug for that? Is that okay? Can I do a free yeah. plug? Family Life Radio. If you download the app, Family Life Radio, I'll be on there right after church today. Um, but it's, it's really fun. It's really fun to be back on the radio. But um, I haven't been on the radio in a long time. But this was back before ministry, and I was in, in between radio jobs. I had been, I want to just say let go. I, I was fired. Um, and I, I remember coming home with a, I remember coming home with a box of my stuff. And if, if you're a guy and you've been fired, every time I hear of a man who's lost his job, I just his gut, it's gut-wrenching to me. Because I'm all the way back to holding that, that box of all my stuff from work. What I didn't know is that it was going to begin a two-year process of unsteady employment. I wasn't able to get back into the industry. Uh, I was trying. I, I, I had been successful. There was no reason why I shouldn't have gotten a job, but I just couldn't get one. And it got really, really, really bad and really dark. And I knew I, ha I have to support my family. And 
a good friend of mine said, hey, Brad, I don't know if you want this job or not, but my dad is, uh, he's digging graves. If you want the job, you can go and dig graves. Uh, and I needed to feed my family. And I said, I'll take it. And it was like 10 bucks an hour. And it wasn't even in Tulsa. We were in Tulsa at the time. It was down in Oklahoma City. So I had to get in my car, I had to drive two hours down to Oklahoma City. I, listen, I don't care how low you've been. I don't care how low you are right now. You ain't ever been as low as me because I have been below the earth. I have been six feet under. You cannot get any lower than that. Uh, and I just remember, uh, man, I remember one time sitting in that graveyard eating a bologna sandwich. I can still taste the mustard in my sweaty T-shirt. That wasn't even the worst of it. We were, I was driving home late one night uh, on the turnpike and this deer out of nowhere jumps the median and clips the front of my car. Thank God I didn't have an accident, but he destroyed the front of the car. I pulled over and saw the damage. I looked over in the ditch and the deer was alive and I thought, oh man, okay, I just can't leave him there. So I, I went and I got in the trunk and I got out the tire iron. And, and I like, well, I'll go put him out of his misery. And then immediately I thought, no, Tommy boy, don't do that. <laughs> Bad idea. Anything could happen right here. And, and then I, and plus then I thought, plus if I'm clubbing a deer on the side of the road and people are going by, you know, at 75 miles an hour <laughs> and they see me clubbing and that is not, they're going to call the authorities. It's not going to go well for me. But I, I hit an all time low at that moment. But one of the interesting things here was during that whole time, it was actually right around this time because uh, I was going to a church. I wasn't in ministry. And our church was putting on what was called a cantata. I don't know. Anybody here remember cantatas? You remember? Okay. So old school church people remember cantatas. At Easter time, they would have the big choir. Uh, they'd have people dress up like Jesus and the disciples. And, and we do this full production. And, and so I, I was in it. Um, <laughs> Anyway, I was in it. Uh, and, and so I had to practice. Well, they gave me, this is how long ago it was, they gave me a cassette tape. And I took that cassette tape and I played it all the way down to Oklahoma City and all the way back so I could learn my part. And one of the songs on there that I will never forget was an old song that says, God will make a way when there seems to be no way. And I just started singing that song, God will make a way where there seems to be no way. And, and every day, down and back, down and back. And I'm not kidding you, I think every time I would just cry and I would just weep and I'd just cry out to God. But all in the midst of all of that, what I kept remembering and believing is that I am convinced God is for me. God is not against me, God is for me. God. God loves me. I, I am convinced that God is going to make a way where there seems to be no way. So right now for you, what, what crisis is shaking your confidence in Christ? Can I just step into the gap for you? I just tell you that I'm convinced God is for you. I am convinced. God's going to make a way where there seems to be no way. God is for you. He's, he's, he is for your redemption. If 
you're not a follower of Jesus, I want you to know today that, man, you're not too far gone from God. The reason that you're watching right now is not because a buddy invited you, not because a family member invited you, not because you had to sit down with your family. You're here right now because you've, it's been divinely orchestrated. The Spirit of God loves you so much that He wooed you to Himself. He brought you to Himself and He says, hey, I love you. I want to sit down at the table with you. I am your Redeemer. He is for your redemption, but he's also for your restoration. What is it that you're dealing with right now? What seems too far gone? What seems so broken that it can't be restored? I'm telling you, God is for your restoration. God is for relationship. He loves you. He really, really loves you. And he says, I am for you. God in this moment, we just ask that you would help us wherever we are at in our journey. That you would remind people right now that you are for them. You know, maybe today, if you're watching, you're not a follower of Jesus. I want to tell you today that you can become a follower of Jesus. In fact, we'd love to pray with you right now. Right now, there's a prayer button. Just click on that prayer button. We have people that want to pray for you. Maybe you need restoration in your life, or maybe you just need to sense and feel the, the love of God. I just, man, I just haven't felt the love of God in a, in a long time, and I have, I'm, my confidence is shaken. Listen, right now, our prayer team is available, and they would love to pray with you. You want to start a relationship with Jesus today? Click on that prayer button. In fact, actually, right now, if you want to, if you want to begin a relationship with Jesus, or you need prayer for any one of those things I've talked about, there's a little button you can hit where you can raise your hand, and I just encourage you to do that right now. Just say, I'm, I, I'm Gonna, I'm going to um, digitally raise my hand. and let, Let's do that right now. Just digitally raise your hand and say, hey, Brad, right now I need redemption. I need Jesus in my life. Brad, right now I need restoration in my life over this, and I'm believing God in faith that he's going to restore this. Or, man, right now I just need relationship. I, 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 I need confidence in my life. I need to know that God loves me. Man, raise your hand because we are praying for you. We believe in you. We are trusting that God is going to work everything out for you because he loves you. In his name that we pray. And everybody said, come on. Amen. Oh, man, thank you for worshiping with us today. However, we can be praying for you. Again, just our prayer team is waiting. They would love to be able to pray with you today. Uh, we're going to be back next week having our Good Friday services. One thing I want to mention that we didn't mention earlier about our Good Friday and our Easter services, we're going to do communion. We're going we're gonna to have communion together. So I want to encourage you this week when you go to the store, um, get some grape juice. And uh, we're, if you don't have any crackers, and you, we're going to send you a recipe. We'll email it. We'll put it out on social media. We're going to send you a recipe to make your own communion wafers. So you'll be able to make your own at home. And we'll, we'll send you all that soon so that you can get that. But one of the things we do is we, when we close our services at Core Church, is we have a sending prayer. And, and I would just like for us to say this prayer together if we can. God, fill me with love and give me boldness to share the hope, healing, peace, and purpose that I've found in Jesus. Lead me to the hurting, the hopeless, the lonely, and the discouraged. This week, I declare that I am available and willing to be used for your glory and honor. 
Amen. God bless you.